Omnibus is a production of iHeartRadio. We are Ken Jennings and John Roderick. We speak to you from our present, which we can only assume is your distant past, the turbulent time that was the early 21st century. Fearing the great cataclysm that will surely befall our civilization, we began this monumental reference of strange and obscure human knowledge. These recordings represent our attempt to compile and preserve wonders and esoterica that would otherwise be lost. So whether you're listening from an advanced civilization or have just reinvented the technology to decrypt our transmissions, this is our legacy to you. This is our time capsule. This is The Omnibus. have accessed entry 238.jb4021 certificate number 37768 cocaine hippos <laughs> Disney movies have told me that um when you're drunk you see elephants Pink, pink ones. Right. Pink elephants. So presumably, when you're out of your mind on coke... You see hippos. You see white hippos, white powdery hippos dancing through your dreams. Dancing with tutus on. (laughs) Exactly. It's all all 40s (laughs) Disney stuff all the way down. This is our second show about hippos, I just realized. Uh, we talked about them in the megafauna episode. We no, well, I guess two and a half then, because we also talked about Calvin Coolidge's pet hippo. Oh, correct. You might recall. I do remember Calvin Coolidge's hippo. Do you feel like we have a representation problem here in that we have done two shows about hippos and not yet a first show about probably many other organisms? Is the future going to think we were in a hippocentric time? Uh, well, let's see. I feel like hippos are in our current day are being recognized as more and more formidable animals than they were even a few decades ago. Yeah. Like there, there's been a revisionism, like hippos aren't fun Disneyland jungle cruise friends. No, actually they kill more people than almost any other African animal. I think you have to include insects like mosquitoes to to actually find an African animal that's as dangerous as a hippo. Yeah, when we were young, hippos seemed fairly placid. They were thought of as vegetarians and they just sort of bobbed in the water. And it's because Disney put them in tutus and because we had like a kind of a retrograde idea of fat people. Yeah, they're chubby. That they were fun and for, for our amusement. But it turns out they are like top killers and also they're not vegetarians they'll they will attack and and murder and so the old like who what happens when you put a bear and a lion in a cage i saw one the other day i like, like how that's the old to you like <laughs> well i uh, know i think that it, you that, think about that a lot don't you i think in rome that was a typical sort of entertainment to put a lion and a bear into a ring and see who wins it's like a Duncan experiment until you actually have a lion and a bear well, and yeah, then you can do it. I think generally it is widely understood that the bear is a, is the top killer, and the reason is that lions have fragile skeletons, fragile skulls, whereas a bear skull can 
Yeah, I mean, you can shoot a bear in the head and it, and the bullet will bounce off. What about the Chicago Bears and the Detroit Lions? Oh, I'm not going to wade into that one. Do you think uh, that's still going in the what future? What about the 1980s Chicago Bears versus the 2010 Chicago The winless Lions Detroit versus the, the Lions. Super Bowl Shuffle Bears? <laughs> yeah. They don't even have a rap that they could do. Uh, I just looked it up. The Bears are up 99, to seven, 99 wins to 74 losses and five ties. Ouch. So in, against, in, in the against, NFL, against the, Lions. against the Lions. So in the NFL, as in life, Bears beat Lions. Bears beat Lions. Uh, I just read a thing that said, who, if you put a, a fully mature gorilla, the world's largest python, a lion and a bear in a uh, enclosure. And a rabbi. Who would be the last standing? And I think the sensible people all agreed that it would be, we're talking about a brown bear here, but that it would be the bear. And if it was a polar bear, the polar bear would wipe the rest off the map. But I think now the idea of introducing a hippo into that equation, like what would now happen? Now we're talking. What would happen between a bear and a hippo? How would you kill a hippo if you were a bear? Uh, do you want to name all the organisms we have not made an omnibus out of? Yes. We have never done a show about spider crabs. No. You got any more? We've never done a show about... The griffin, a missile mythological. You can't think animal. of any real animals we haven't done. Uh, let's see. We haven't done a show about dachshunds. No, that's true. Garter snakes. It's true. We have not yet done garter snakes. I want to do an episode on garter snakes, actually. We have not done an episode about the ruby-throated hummingbird. No. Nor the Andean condor. We haven't. Uh, Abominable snowmen. You can't think of a single real animal. I'm like, John, name animals. And the you're garter like, snake was a real animal. So you say... So hippopotamuses Hippopotami? are native to Africa. Yes. They're an aquatic mammal, but they are from, from semi-aquatic. The, from the Greek, hippo, meaning horse, potamus, meaning pot, pot, potamus pot, pot, horse. pot smoking. Mm-hmm. No, uh, water, like potable. Oh, water horse. Yes. Yeah, so so it's, a, it's a river horse. It, it looks, you can't imagine anything that looks less like a horse. Although I guess it is. Maybe it's an ungulate. It has hooves. Uh, so the Hippodrome was a horse racing place. Is that why it's called the Hippodrome? Yeah, that's where like the chariot races are. The, right, right, your, right. your old Ben Hur style Hippodrome. So what about a sports. what about a Hippoparsec? <laughs> how many? <laughs> how long does the Kessel run in Hippoparsecs? How long would it take if you got a hippo to escape velocity? Right. How long would it take the hippo to if you wanted to throw it into the sun? Because you're Superman when he got the evil kryptonite in Superman 3 and you just want to chuck hippos into the sun all day. Right. How long would it take that hippo to burn up in the fires of the sun? <laughs> Does that be one hippo parsec? One hippo beard angstrom. I'm, I'm making the Han Solo error of accidentally using, using parsec parsecs. as a unit of time. Yeah, you're going to get a lot of letters from... From Star Trek fans. Did you see that it's been explained? Did we talk about this in the new Han Solo? Uh, 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 oh, what he meant? Retcon movie. The young young Solo. You see him, yes, uh, kid, the young Pope, uh, but with Han Solo. Uh-huh. Uh, you see him actually. It's it's a route you have to do through the Kessel Run. So it's oh. the, the length you do is what makes it plausible because you, you're plotting a careful route. Wah, wah. Are, are you, hippos? Let me ask you some questions about hippos. Is this a quiz? Yes. Is this Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? This is Are You Smarter Than a I'm going to choose not to answer and keep my half a million dollars that I have used with my previous hippo knowledge off camera. No, you must answer okay. these questions because you are hosting this episode of The Omnibus. Okay. Are hippos endangered? 
I don't think they're on the endangered species list, but I think they're like not doing great. Let me, like they might be threatened. Isn't there something below endangered? Yeah, threatened. It looks like they are neither endangered nor threatened, but they are vulnerable. Like they're, they're not doing great. Like, like many species that need a lot of habitat. Well, frankly, I'm vulnerable right now and I need you, a lot of you care. You need a lot of emotional habitat. I do. Yeah. So there's, they're on the decline, but not yet threatened or endangered. Where are hippos confined within Africa? I've never seen a hippo in Morocco. In the Sahara Desert? Are there you saying are, there I are no hippos? I don't see any Sahara hippos. <laughs> like when you have one of those cartoon mirages appear, like a little oasis shimmering on the horizon, there's not hippos cavorting? No, although I think there are prehistoric, uh, there's prehistoric evidence of hippos in that part of Africa because it used to be more tropical. I think there may be evidence of prehistoric hippos in Europe, if I'm, if I'm remembering oh, that right. Mm -hmm. And I'm just not going to look it up and okay, say that good. I'm right. Let it roll. But I think, yeah, anywhere with lakes and rivers. Um, in 2007, um, which to futurelings is 12 long years ago to us. It's, it's many, many beard, uh, beard angstroms. inches, beard, which one's, which one's <laughs> oh, time? Yeah, beard inches be beard ago, inches, yeah. uh, to you untold millennia ago, the government of Columbia, the, the environment, whatever their interior ministry is called, began getting calls from locals seeing a very odd creature in the rivers and lakes northwest, about 200 miles northwest of Bogota, the capital. Was it a... Was it a griffin? Capybara? <laughs> was it They've a... seen a capybara. To us, that's exotic. But to them, a capybara is like you and I seeing an a Asian guy walking a corgi or, mm. or a Sheba. Sure. Uh, was it a... Uh, what's the the um, Fortean times uh, devil creature that lives in, the, the, in South America? The chupacabra. The chupacabra. Were they chupacabras? They were not chupacabras. They were seeing in a river where really the only big mammals, mammals, the only big mammals should be manatees. They were seeing something not manatee-like at all. They were seeing something with a huge mouth and small ears, and they were calling in to say, what is this thing that looks like a hippo, but cannot possibly be a hippo because... This is what they would say on the call. We're in South America. They sure. Say, uh, Senor, estamos in uh, America del Sur. Sure. Just to remind the, 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 the recipient of the call that that's not someplace where you would expect to see say, a hippo. Say in Spanish, this cannot be a hippo. Senor, no puede ser un hipopotamo. Uh -huh. I think it's hipopotamo. If not, it should be. I think a manatee actually does resemble a hippo in a lot of ways. So maybe they, maybe the guy on the phone would be like, This is a freaky manatee. You've been drinking and this is a large <laughs> manatee. This being Colombia, you've taken something that tends to oversensitize your senses, See. and uh, you're just seeing a manatee yawning. Yes. Um, in fact, no, these were hippopotamuses, and the story behind them is very unusual. Um, the rivers, you're saying the rivers of Colombia are now hosting... A population of hippopotamuses. Not just one hippopotamus. But a, 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 a several, um, what do you call a, a group of, what's the group for a collective group of hippopotamuses. A smorg. A smorg of hippopotamuses. Really? Should it sound Scandinavian? Uh, a, Shouldn't uh, it be more like a, uh, a, a gulp? It should be something about their big mouths. A smaguhu. A, a tusk of smaguhu. <laughs> this is your idea of like Tarzan African? <laughs> That's very offensive to me <laughs> that you said smaguhu. Uh, Wakanda of... <laughs> John, John Roderick is canceled for saying smaguhu. <laughs> Uh, you and I are old enough to remember that the biggest villain of the 1980s, 
uh, not just in his homeland, but worldwide. Dr. Zog. Was a man named Dr. Zog, an, Albi- <laughs> an Albanian <laughs> supervillain who wanted to corner the world's supply of cobalt. The biggest villain of the 80s. That was a decade full of villains. Right. And I was thinking maybe Nikolai Volkov from the WWF or um, mm. Darth Vader. Mm. That one guy on Miami Vice that killed Sheena Easton when she was a guest star. Mm. No? No, I'm thinking like the big villains of the 80s were... Oh, like Michael Milken or uh, yeah, Ivan Boski? Right. They're, they're all white-collar criminals. <laughs> I would say, yeah, I would say in general, uh, well, I mean, I don't want to give away my political feelings. Ed Meese. <laughs> I was thinking of Ed Meese. Casper Weinberger I was enough? thinking, no, I always loved Weinberger. I felt like he had a lot of honor. What? Mies, Mies, was, Mies was a bad we man. We just discovered you're a Weinberger <laughs> apologist. Uh, no, the big, uh, the who, big who, enemies. Who were the big fashion criminals of the 80s? In the your fashion movie? criminals? Uh, I, Is we're this thinking, about hypercolor? We're thinking, no, those were heroes too. No, we're thinking of the uh, the drug barons. This was the era of the drug baddies. Yeah, the big over-the-top drug baddies were Colombian drug lords. Yes. Uh, and in particular, a man named Pablo Escobar. Oh, the biggest who became one of the world's richest men, you know, with a fortune, I don't know, something on the order of 20 to $30 billion, one, one escobillion, I guess. Right. I don't want to look this up, but yeah. Uh, just, a, a Sagan of, of a Sagan drug of, dollars. A, a Sagan of, yeah, $100 <laughs> bills with some powder on them. So today, Escobar has left a long shadow on our culture. There's a hit TV show about his empire called Narcos. That, have you ever seen it? I have. I've never seen it. Is it good? I enjoyed it. But I did watch the Fire Festival documentary where I learned that one of the draws of the Fire Festival was that it was supposedly going to be held on Pablo Escobar's private island. So I have been on a jet ski in that part of the world. Did we, you go to Fire Festival? Were I, you one of the acts that canceled? No, I, I God, I should have been. No, I was, uh, I was there on a cruise and I jet skied around through some islands and my uh, little friend... Are you, uh, is this a Scarface thing? What's, my, who's my, your, <laughs> my little friend uh, said it pointed to an island with a kind of abandoned mansion yeah. on it and said, that's Pablo Escobar's island and abandoned mansion. And I was like, whoa. And then my friend said, let's go back because we're overdue and the boat's going to leave without us. It's a The story doesn't end glamorously, but I have seen – Pablo Escobar's abandoned his, island. With, with vines and ferns growing up yeah, on his mansion. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, I think very early, even that little fake video for the fire Festival they shot with the supermodels cavorting in the surf that on a place that ended up not to be the site of it, even that I think was not Escobar's island. Even that was a plan B. But still, they kept it in all the merchandising because everyone still associates this awful man with just, you know, the glamour and the luxury and the danger of his Medellin drug cartel life. He, and, uh, and like a Disney hippo, he had kind of a chubby, friendly kind of, uh, you know, a sen- he didn't look like a baddie. In Colombia, he was a friendly figure. He was, uh, he really liked this idea that he was a Robin Hood type bandit. So he would build all these football, like, like soccer pitches in, in smaller poor towns and put in lighting. He was um, a, a, a Robin Hood. Yeah. And people, and invite people to come to his ranch, the Hacienda Napoles. But at the same time, 25,000 deaths a day were happening at the height of these drug wars in that same region where he's Mr. Good Time Guy, like the guy that, uh, what's the name of the drug lord that young Vito Andolini kills in Godfather Part Two? you know? Oh, it's, the, uh, the, 
the olive oil guy. Uh, I don't know. It's, uh, oh, you're talking about the, the, the guy with the, from the black hands. The guy that De Niro kills. Yeah. You know, it's, um, cause he's always, you know, waving benevolently to the community and, you know, grabbing fruit from carts and hugging babies. And at the same time, people are dying. And that's what was happening in Medellin on a one billion times scale, on a Sagan-like scale. When it comes to meat, quality makes a huge difference in texture and taste. And even though it might be better for you and the environment, a lot of the higher quality meat you find at the grocery store is just too expensive for most people's budget. Thankfully, there's ButcherBox. ButcherBox believes everyone deserves access to high-quality, humanely sourced meat at an affordable price. That's why each month, ButcherBox ships a curated selection of the finest cuts right to your home. Choose from 100% grass-fed and finished beef, free-range organic chicken, heritage pork, wild-caught Alaskan salmon, and sugar and nitrate-free bacon. No antibiotics, no added hormones, just meat the way meat should be. And right now, you can get two pounds of ground beef and two packs of bacon absolutely free, plus $20 off your first box when you visit butcherbox.com iHeart or use the promo code iHeart at checkout. That's butcherbox.com iHeart or use the promo code iHeart at checkout. And it changed the shape of Western pop culture as well. It changed our movies. Speaking of movies, do, do you have the name of the drug guy in Godfather Part Two? Is that what you were looking up? The, the proto-Godfather? Unfortunately, my computer is very slow. I was... Lo- it's Don Fanucci. Fanucci. Uh, Don Fanucci. There we go. Yeah. That's good. Like, that's a very pleasurable feeling to me when I can't remember something uh, and then I remember Don it. Fanucci. Yeah, like, sex is good, but have you ever finished a Sunday crossword? Like, that's really good. It is good. Um, so, like, it, it, he changed our pop culture. Like this was now kind of our default villain. TV shows like Miami Vice kind of were built around this Caribbean drug trade idea. And it even changed the Bond movies. Oh, right. Do you remember when the Timothy Dalton Bond movies suddenly became, they weren't about Roger Moore satellite laser Christopher Walken guys. Suddenly. It was about drug baddies. It was gritty um, Timothy Dalton in a fictional Panama trying to, you know, somehow Joe Don Baker is his sidekick and he's trying to take down Senor Raimundo or, or whatever. Oh, and a ton of movies, you know, the Harrison Ford, uh, right, right. Yeah, the we, Jack Ryan, there was right. a Jack Ryan book about drug lords, yeah. Once we, once we lost the Russians as the ultimate global baddies. Ah, uh, that's right. That's the, what it was. Yeah, the drug lords stepped in when we were really, and you know, Nancy Reagan made, made her whole career on being against drugs. I, <laughs> unlike all those other first ladies <laughs> that were like, do what you want, man. Like, free your mind. Well, I mean, certainly, <laughs> certainly <laughs> Betty Ford was uh, was hitting those pill bottles pretty hard. Famously. <laughs> but, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. I know you're a Spider-Man guy, but mm-hmm. speaking of early 80s comics, I was looking at these new Teen Titans comics. Mm-hmm. And I was remembering this thing in the early to mid-80s, the Nancy Reagan era, where everything, whether it was these weekly kind of cheap mid level equalizer crime shows Mm -hmm. or our comic books or our kind of cheesy action movies, you know, commando level action movies. They were all about this deep American hatred for the drug pusher, for these, for the, can you imagine? We have these good little boys and girls Mm -hmm. that just want to skip home from school. I'm your pusher. And there's, but there's this sleazy guy. Who just wants to get your kid hooked? Well, that's the thing about getting hooked. Because, Ken, I don't know if you know about gateway drugs. 
I've but a, I have never tried a gateway drug of any kind. If you, if I have you, a cherry Coke Zero here. Oh, that's exactly, and that's it. the hardest drug I've ever. If taken. you have a Dr Pepper, then the next thing you're going to do is smoke cigarettes, and after cigarettes, you're probably going to drink cough syrup, and after cough syrup, you'll get hooked on the demon weed marijuana. Uh, you'll notice this that is a sad story. You notice that alcohol never figures in, <laughs> right? Alcohol is for alcohol is for good natured dads. Yeah. Then after marijuana, then you get on. Then you start taking mom's pills from the medicine cabinet, and then I think you try I don't know cocaine or mushrooms, depending on what kind of personality you have, and eventually you end up on the hard stuff. It's amazing how much vitriol there is in a lot of this '80s media just for the people that are selling the stuff. Like, like, like that's the problem. Right. Well, like we, a... we had a good thing going here in <laughs> kind of Eisenhower's America. And if we could just get rid of these kind of greasy, unappealing foreigners trying to get the stuff across our borders, well, it's always, we'd uh, be fine. It's the same uh, attitude that we've had toward uh, sex work which is that it's the sex worker. Yeah, exactly. Uh, who is the criminal rather than the patronizer. I'm of, not pro-drug lord. I'm not pro-pusher. I'm just saying the level of anger you see in this 80s culture right. toward this guy as the face of it, because it frames the problem as one of supply, like this, like you say, the sex worker thing. Right. This guy, by bringing cocaine from where it belongs in the tropics up to our nice place, is the problem. And and really, I guess, you know, things like the opioid epidemic have really shaken that up and made us see that, no, like the core of any addiction problem is demand. Right. Well, and 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 the problem with the opioid epidemic is that the supplier is it's, big pharma. It's all it's, rich white guys yeah, and their stockholders making a our ton of money. Nation. And so then you you can't really say, err, these greasy people of some other race. Uh, you know, you have to look in the mirror. Well, not to be one of those leftist conspiracy theorists that I clearly am, but, uh, <laughs> you know, at, at the end of the Cold War, we had this enormous military industrial complex that didn't have any battles to fight. Yeah. And so the idea of demonizing South American drug lords as some kind of unconquerable army of slime balls. That's a geographic place. That's someplace you can bomb. Right. Well, and it's also someplace that you can conduct covert military operation. Yeah. You can fund drug interdiction air forces and navies that are patrolling the seas and the sky. And if it turns out one of the dictators, you know, has taken money from these guys, as of course they all were, you can invade Panama. You can, right. And it just keeps everybody busy and it keeps the money flowing. Speaking of the money flowing, um, Escobar was making $70 million a day at the... Because it's a good product. That's what, one Escobar. What are you going to say? Yeah. That's what one Escobar is. <laughs> if you have a job where you're making 70 million a day. Like in my job, I make uh, two millionths of an Escobar a day. Well, we could talk about like how much a, a brand new fighter jet pay costs, rather. It's a, yeah. It's like, <laughs> how much it's, a new fighter jet costs. It's an astonishing high number of Escobars. <laughs> You'd think it wouldn't be. The F-22 cost 40 Escobars. Speaking of airplanes, you know, he would, as this beloved Robin Hood figure, his ranch was kind of a a local attraction and, and field trips of kids would come in on buses and pass right by that. There's the airplane where he took his first load of Coke up across the border and dumped it uh, over on American soil. You know, that was like a- Really? That was an exhibit. That, the airplane that, was there. Yeah, he would have the same plane that ran the first <laughs> run. Uh, and, That's bold. But, you know, at the same time, again, it's on the flip side of the coin, he's also, you know, we, we 
talk direly about whatever constitutional crisis is going on in our country every day. But in Colombia in the late 80s, Escobar's drug war assassinated three presidential candidates in the same election. Hmm. You know, three of the six guys just got shot with semi-automatic guns hmm. because they were running for elected office in Colombia. It was a very unstable place. As someone who has run for elected office, are you, I are you for this or against this? disapprove of well, this. That's what trend. you get for running for president of Colombia, John. What were you thinking? <laughs> so Escobar has a kind of wonder Neverland ranch? Yes, he has a kind of Neverland ranch and maybe he's doing despicable Neverland type things to these tots. Oh dear. Because he he definitely has stuff that he's brought in to appeal to them. His he has a young son. This guy died when he was 44. So he's got a young son who wants who loves dinosaurs, so he builds these giant concrete dinosaurs. On, right. on the ranch. He's got, uh, he brings in a zoo. He smuggles in elephants and giraffes. And How do you, you smuggle an elephant or a giraffe? <laughs> uh, There's well, no shipping container big enough to like, or do you, and you don't go and say like, shh, you guys, be quiet while we're going through customs. You just got to have one of those suitcases with a false bottom. Oh, you Or go. you can get one of those uh, 1970s Volkswagens. How many elephants can you fit in one of those? <laughs> <laughs> just put three in the glove compartment. Maybe the elephants flew in on their giant ears. Eventually, uh, you can see where this is going with yes. the elephants and giraffes. He also brought in four hippos because he thought that would be fun to have in his pond. Four hippos. And uh, in 1991, you know, following this election in which he killed half the candidates, the country actually decides to crack down. Um, he surrendered. He pushed it. Pushed it too far. He pushed it too far. You can you can shoot one or two presidential sure. candidates. I mean, who among us has not? The thing um, is, by the time you get to the third one, you're probably cutting into the meat at that point, right? You like? Do you think two, he started with the with the Naders and the Larouches yeah, of Colombia? He got rid of the fat, and then he was down <laughs> to somebody that people actually admired. <laughs> it's like you can shoot the Dennis Kucinich of uh, <laughs> of Colombia, but that's as far as it goes. In 1991, he did surrender and got sent to this comically fancy prison that had been set up essentially just for him, La Cathedral, the mm. cathedral, where he had his, you know, not even by the standards of our white collar crime. It was just incredibly luxurious mansion with jacuzzis and, and highlight courts. And there was enough outcry to that that they were going to move him to a real prison in 92, at which point he escapes. Right, which is a popular thing for drug lords to do from prison. And it's one of the most romantic things to us because it's an, you know, to us, it's man in the iron mask, old west kind of stuff that you could jailbreak. Right. But, you know, if you're in Mexico or, or Colombia, this stuff just happens all the time. There's a tunnel. El Chapo finds a tunnel. Right. And uh, spoilers, he does not last long on the lamb. He's finally shot in 1993. The fatal bullet wound appears to be in the ear and nobody knows who shot it. It might have been him. He he told people that if the feds ever had him cornered, he would shoot himself in the ear. Seems like he should have stayed in the prison with the highlight court. Things were pretty good there, but you know, a lot of political pushback to the highlight prison. So uh, let's get back to the hippos. Yeah, in his absence, he's got a ranch full of hippos. What's going to happen? It kind of became what it, once it became nationalized, I guess, once it became the government of Colombia's ranch. They said, well, it might as well be a zoo. We've got all these animals here. And it kind of became an attraction. They put in water slides. Mm -hmm. so Into the hippo pond? Escobar, Escobar <laughs> land, essentially. It's like, it's like Disneyland, but the statue of Walt, he's, um, he's, Sitting snor top of he's a plane snoring float. something off a hooker's behind. Now, have you been to the Woodland Park Zoo in Seattle here where uh, when they feed pumpkins to hippos? Yes. Have we talked, did we talk about this in the pumpkin I pie entry? I feel like we did. The it, day after Halloween, uh, 
donated pumpkins are fed to all the animals. It's so wonderful because they you stand there and you huck a whole pumpkin at down and the hippos just open their mouths and gobble them up and they're so happy. They I guess I guess they're not a common food in Africa. It's just like throwing them just giant crunchy apples. That sounds great. I've never uh, I don't think I've been there for the thing. It's really wonderful. Even I highly recommend if the, I'm sure there are YouTube videos of hippos eating pumpkins. Uh, just across the way, you can observe next to the hippo pond is a rock uh, commemorating Jimi Hendrix. In the zoo? Yeah. Have you never seen the Jimi Hendrix rock right next to the hippos? I guess I haven't. It was donated by KJ. Whatever, what was the rock station before KJR? I don't know. Like some. Oh, KJR goes all the way back. Yeah, but, but wasn't it? No, maybe it was KJR. I don't know. Some KJR, rock, Seattle, uh, Channel 95.7. If so, um, they, whatever the rock station was, donated a rock in honor when Jimi Hendrix died that's still next to the hippo that pond. Jimmy, when Jimi Hendrix died, that rock's been there all that time? Yeah. Whoa. The plaque is almost illegible now. And even when you could read it, it was not clear why there would be a plaque d dedicated to Jimi Hendrix at the hippo enclosure. Right. I don't, he's not on the record as being a particular fan There's of not the a, hippopotamus. Well, you know, in the Northwest, we've always had problems commemorating our rock heroes if they died from drugs. Hmm. So they're, you know, uh, they finally put a Jimi Hendrix statue up on Broadway in the 90s. And... Uh, I think this, the residents or the town fathers of Aberdeen, Washington, have resisted erecting a statue to Kurt Cobain because they're afraid it will glamorize drugs. It's still, it's still Nancy Reagan era thinking. Because it's a slippery slope from a Diet Dr. Pepper. Have you heard of gateway drugs, drugs John? Drugs. I heard about them recently, and I would like to walk you through what happens. Ga gateway drugs, uh, is that the, they're my internet service provider. You start with uh, just drinking from a bottle of vanilla extract. Okay. And pretty soon there's extra strength Tylenol. Ooh. Then there's those weird gummy bears that look like Coke bottles but don't quite taste like Coke. Sure. Um, then you're like uh, one of those guys that has a pet iguana. <laughs> I've been at his house. It's not a good scene. If you want to buy pot, this is something you would never know, Ken, but if you want to buy pot, you have to sit on the couch at the iguana guy's house. <laughs> today, uh, he, today he's playing video games, so it may be different than in your area. Well, in Seattle, you can just get it at the store, but you used to have to sit at iguana guy's house and watch Faces of Death videos <laughs> with him for four hours <laughs> while he listened to Skinny Puppy uh, before you felt good enough to be like, hey, can you just sell me some weed? I don't really want to be here anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> So Jimi Hendrix, I think, was not the kind of drug user who loved hippos. But getting back to one who was, mm -hmm. Senor Escobar, his house is, you know, the house at the Hacienda is still there. It's It's been looted, of course. But if you want to go through the ruins of a drug dealer's mansion, not unlike the one Do I ever. you saw on the island, it's it's still there by the hippo pond. Um, and the hippos are still in the lake. But unfortunately, there's an alpha male Or, or fortunately, depending on where this story goes. <laughs> I guess maybe unfortunately, if you're another male hippo, there's a very cranky alpha that they call El Viejo. El Viejo. The I, I wish old. there was some Spanish guitar now. Corinthian, when I say El Viejo, can you put in a little <laughs> Latin guitar? El Viejo. Uh, and he is very cranky and likes having his whole harem of females, and he won't let any other males have access to them. Can we start referring pond. to me as El Viejo? <laughs> I think we totally should, um, except that it's appropriation. Right. So, so because of that, some of the hippos, to have a breeding population, have left and have toddled off to find nearby waterways and uh, lakes and rivers that are friendly to them, of which there are many because it turns out Colombia is hippo paradise. It's swampy. 
like, like many an omnibus, this takes us to a swampland. Have you always wanted to learn to play an instrument? Maybe you've even tried at some point, but gave up because you felt lessons were too expensive or that you just didn't have the time. Thankfully, there's Musician. Musician is the fun, easy, and affordable way to learn guitar, piano, bass, ukulele, and even singing. Just download the app to your desktop, tablet, or phone and start playing. Musician gives you 24-7 access to a vast catalog of video lessons from professionally trained educators, as well as thousands of exercises and songs across dozens of music genres, all tailored to your goals. And with Musician's award-winning technology that listens to you play, you'll get real-time feedback on timing and accuracy so you can actually see yourself improving as you learn. Start your extended 14-day free trial of Musician's Premium Plus package at musician.com start. That's unlimited access to thousands of lessons, exercises, and songs on as many instruments as you want for two whole weeks. Just go to musician.com slash start. That's Y-O-U-S-I-C-I-A-N dot com slash start. Uh, well, uh, you know, in their native environment, hippos would do this. They would leave the territory of El Viejo and go find their own place. They would. But let me ask you, was there not a fence around this uh, big uh, wonderland? It takes so much fencing to keep a charging hippo down. Oh, and I guess, I guess the, because true. the size of his ranch and the upkeep on it means that there's just not, this is a continuous problem in the story of these hippos, is there's just not enough government money in South America there are solutions for all of this. There's just not the funds for a problem of this size. Um, in Africa, these hippos would have uh, some predators, lions and hyenas and crocodiles can take out a hippo. What? But more to the point, they would have, so I guess if a- Hippo lion, baby. A bear can beat a lion. Yeah, exactly. A young hippo. Um, and that would keep the population down if, if you know, a croc, you know, swiping a hippo before it's old enough to- Right. To drive. Um but also droughts. Af Sub-Saharan Africa is tr prone to droughts. Uh, sure. And so that's what keeps the population down. The, the mud hole goes away. And so we, have, we know that these hippos just love South America because they are unusually fertile. Female hippos can have a calf a year, and which usually starts when they're about seven years old. Yes, ma'am. Uh, I hope you're not into that. Speaking of Neverland Ranch. I don't know. But uh, in Colombia, we're oh, conditions. Oh, not, not the calf. I'm saying like lady hippo. Yeah, but a seven-year-old? I guess it's hippo years. It's hippo years. It's hippo years, Jake. Forget tw it. Tw Forget 20, it, Jake. 21 in hippo years. Yeah, what's the unit of measurement there? Yeah. <laughs> One hippo One mama. One tusk second. Hippo mama. Hippo mama. Shigugu mama. <laughs> uh, they're having their, they're having a calf every year from when they're three years old up. Whoa. And uh, the farmer- Oh, you're saying that their the, birth rate has increased. Yeah, they're breeding sooner. They're breeding four years sooner than they would in Africa because Colombia is hippo paradise. It's a garden- of earthly hippo delights. And uh, African, you know, there's a problem with people as well. African people know to stay well and leave hippos well enough alone. Yeah. Whereas in South America, they're a novelty. It's like, sure. look at this cute chubby guy. Sure, let's put a saddle on it and see how far we can ride it. Let's go take selfies with this guy. So kids will swim with these uh -oh. hippos. If they find a baby, they'll just bring it home and everybody will bottle feed the hippo. Oh, no. Like it's, it's not great with an animal that size. And what you want to do is relocate them or you want to castrate them, but um, they've had no luck. Because... <laughs> I do not want to castrate them. <laughs> Stop using you. Wrong what, pronoun. What one wants, if you're a Colombian <laughs> conservacionista, is to stop these guys from breeding. But it's very tricky to uh, castrate a two-ton hippo. Uh, the zoos will take calves, but not adults. Right. Um, well, let me ask you this personally. 
<laughs> How do you feel uh, about the reintroduction of wolves into Yellowstone? When I was at Yellowstone, we didn't see a wolf. We had to go to some nearby uh, enclosure where they kind of rehabilitated uh, injured wolves or whatever. Yeah. And then we were like, check, we saw a wolf. Right. Um, but we did see hundreds of the things that wolves eat. Mm -hmm. uh, so many of them that uh, we just stopped caring. You know, you, you, you go into Yellowstone and the traffic will stop because as soon as the first guy sees his first right. elk or caribou, he'll he's be like, like <gasps> he doesn't realize he's going to see 6,000 of those. Right, right, right. So I think I'm pro-wolf on even, that basis. Even though uh, that means you're anti-rancher? Oh, also I deeply dislike ranchers just separately. <laughs> Here's my problem. I like jolly ranchers. Yeah, And no human rancher is as jolly as a sticky piece of uh, apple, apple, green apple flavored candy. Or watermelon. Uh, let me ask you this. How do you feel about Jurassic Park Island? <laughs> do you, uh, if you found, let, let's say we can take a mammoth that we found frozen in the ice of the, uh, the Siberian Arctic and clone that mammoth from its uh, extant DNA, mate, it, mate that clone with an elephant, no, my hot take is that it, it, it would be trivial to actually make Jurassic Park work and it would be a dream. Like the movies have to engineer all these reasons why it keeps going wrong right. so they can make five or six of these identical movies and they have to lampshade it. They have to have a guy in the movie be like, uh, 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 yeah, things, bad things are uh, going to happen because you uh, brought back these dinosaurs. Is you that know? an imitation of the actor that did that? That's in the my movies? amazing uh, Jeff Goldblum. You couldn't tell? Uh, 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 I've never seen a single Jurassic Park Wait, movie. what? No, I never. It was, it, the first one came out during a period when I was spending money on drugs instead of uh, TV. And Jurassic then, Park's better than drugs, man. I don't know. I just never got into the... I just didn't get into the whole thing. I'm a little old for them in that like I was not – like my, my Spielbergian wonder movies are like Close Encounters and E.T. Sure. And are you old enough to have liked The Goonies? Oh, sure. I'm, I'm right on the plate well, for see, The Goonies. I, I, didn't, I didn't see The Goonies. But like when I'm, Jurassic Park comes out, I'm about to go into college. And right. I'm like to me that is not my formative movie of Spielbergian wonder. It right. just – it seems like a bit of a cash-in actually because it was – I think of it as a book. But yeah, I think I think that would go great. So how is this situation, the population of South America with like with inbred hippos, not just a kind of like Jurassic Park scheme? It's essentially Jurassic Park, and we haven't really seen a lot of the downsides. There has not been a single fatality, even though there are 40 to 60 hippos now. I mean, there have been hippo fatalities. There are 40 to 60 hippos now? In the Magdalena River and uh, its tributaries, yes. Wow. And, and there could be more. It's very hard to estimate how the, the size of this hippo population in the jungle. Sure, they don't just line up to be counted. No, or, or castrated. So are they, not, are they not an invasive species that is ruining some part of the ecology? So there's been some work on this, and everybody's worried about the, the other large mammals in that ecosystem. Like, it's not great for the otters and the manatees to have them there. And... The danger to people is, you know, uh, really the, the thing they're most worried about is telling people not to eat them. There was one time when a hippo charged into an electric fence and, you know, the, the smell of delicious smell of uh, Kahlua pork wafted up and uh, the village chowed down on hippo meat, which apparently does taste quite a bit like pork. Why is that bad? Uh, because hippos can have leptospirosis and you could give a whole village meningitis oh. if they just started eating hippos. That's not a thing you can cook out of it? Apparently not. Oh, that's too bad. You know, it would, be, it would be cheap to shoot them, but it's a PR nightmare. Absolutely. And there's also a tourism industry growing up around this. You know, 50,000 visitors are coming to Escobar's Ranch a year. I want to go there to see the hippos. And they love the Coke hippos. But um, 
so they can't start shooting them. Uh, fencing would work, but again, it's a six-figure check to put fencing around the area. It's in the order of half a million dollars to fence off the hippo population. So they're, what they're wondering is how bad is it for the lakes and the rivers? Like you got these large animals just pooping up a storm right. in these ponds. Are you going to have a dumb Kevin problem? And it turns out that's not as bad as you think. The algal bloom so far has not been that bad. Good. So yeah, you're in favor of this. I, I, I like it. I want to reintroduce mammoths to the Middle West of the Americas. I want saber-toothed tigers in Germany. Like, well, let's just go for it. The interesting thing is that uh, there is an argument on those lines to, to bring hippos into South America because there were large ungulates, not unlike hippos, that used to be at the apex of these ecosystems. 20,000 years ago, there were things called toxodonts. Oh, toxodonts. Wandering around Central America that were just kind of like uh, giant um, pudgy rhinos. Uh-huh. And 20,000 years ago is also, as you may remember from the megafauna entry, that's when humans evolve and start eating these things. Right. And immediately these large animals disappear. And hippos are in trouble in Africa, man. As, as, we, as we said, they're, they're vulnerable. Spread them around. Let's get so, some great babies Yeah, the fact there. that there's a refugee population thriving in an ecosystem they love where they've kind of replaced the long extinct toxodont, it might be a win for everybody. What do you think the... Um, the uncontacted peoples of the Amazon rainforest would think if a gorilla showed up, <laughs> like an endangered gorilla in Africa might love the Amazon rainforest. And here are the uncontact, uncontacted peoples who every once in a while see an airplane fly overhead. So you've got then, a, you've got a Sentinelese issue here. Yeah, and then, and then instead of someone of uh, Brazilian heritage coming with a machete and chopping down their forest, a gorilla appears. So it's one of, it goes one or two ways. You can get the Wakanda outcome where they just rebuild their whole society to worship this miraculous new animal. Right. Or you could have the Sentinelese outcome <laughs> where the first time they see it, they go, ah, and just shoot the thing and hack it apart, which is maybe more likely. My feeling is- We should is, only move really attractive animals yes. to the Amazon rivers. Like if you see a gazelle, you're going to be like, oh, oh man. Oh, I love the gazelle. Or a corgi. If we just reintroduce corgis, reintroduce? <laughs> if we just introduce corgis, Welsh corgis <laughs> to the Amazon, all the sentinelese will be like, oh. I feel like we have crossed a kind of Rubicon in just recent days. Uh, futurelings will look back to this period, to our lifetimes and say, it is not the computer or the moon shot that really stands out. It is that first doctor in China that produced a live human baby from genetic manipulation. And it's, it's happened. Uh, and there are women now pregnant, supposedly, in China with babies that have been gene manipulated. You want to introduce Chinese babies to the rainforest? No, what I'm saying is we're over the line now. We're not going back. Babies and humans will now genetically manipulate ourselves to become... At least the rich ones of us will be will have better eyesight and be able to throw footballs further and not have alcoholism or cancer. And so in light of that, why not just go crazy and put fancy animals all over the planet and just terraform the shit out of this place, just Gaia bomb the world and forget all about what used to be, forget all about zebra mussels being a problem in Lake Michigan and just like, Invasive species everywhere. Just turn do it. Turn Columbia into a garden of earthly delights with half owl, half oysters running around everywhere. I'd buy a ticket. And that concludes Cocaine Hippos. 
Entry 238.JB4021, certificate number 37768, in the omnibus. Futurelings, in the unlikely event that you are just uh, the product of natural selection. Yeah, there's no way they And are. normal breeding of your species. When you said they're Chinese baby, they're like, <gasps> he has mentioned the god child. Yes. Because that's, that's their progenitor. The first child that had... Uh, the genes manipulated to make a blue-eyed Chinese baby. Um, so yes, you are probably 100% uh, the product of a breeding pool as run by your own version of scientists. Whether you are a sentient iceberg and your uh, your scientists are like Greenland. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, if you are... Uh, if you are a genetically manipulated species, surely you will have your own version of social media, which is a kind and generous place full of funny icebergs that just lavish one another with praise. In our own time, a garbage time. Our comedians are all Goldbergs and Rosenbergs. They have icebergs. Oh, that's, is that that's, anti-Semitic? I think a little weird. Uh, <laughs> did, you, did you mean the Rosenbergs uh, who were convicted of espionage? Oh, no. Uh, I just meant the, the proud strain of uh, Judaism and representation in uh, American comedy. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's, I think that may, you may get it's true. The, it's true the Rosenbergs aren't that funny. No, they weren't funny. <laughs> uh, but please. Speaking of Khalil Park. Please visit us at Ken Jennings and at John Roderick. At John Roderick for three funny tweets a day. At Ken Jennings for a lot of anti-Semitic humor. And two Rodericks worth of jokes a day. Two Rodericks of jokes a day on the Jennings page. Uh, you can visit us or visit me on Instagram and you can email us at theomnibusproject at gmail.com. Become a member of our fan community on Facebook with the Omnibus Futurelings and mail us all of your funny hippo-related salt shakers and hippo dishcloths. Hippodermic needles. Hip, oh, there's your drug joke. That's nice. I thought of Where it too late. Where was that the whole time? Too late, Ken. After the bell. Uh, at P.O. Box 55744, Shoreline, Washington, 98155. Listeners, we speak to you from the distant past. Perhaps you have brought us back in your future Jurassic Parks where you've managed to pull human DNA out of mosquito amber and get us up and going again. Um, just doing human stuff. Yeah. It's like a, it's a jungle where it's a bunch of people walking around naked looking at their phones and uh, ordering coffee. But who knows what they'll have to mate us with in order to produce. Right. So it'll be like, oh, it's a human. Except this looks exactly like a human. <laughs> and we'd be like, what did you do? It looks like Grandma Moses made up as an orangutan. <laughs> Uh, we have no idea how long this civilization will survive before you resurrect it. We hope and pray that the comet will not crash soon, causing our extinction and our uh, catastrophe may never come. But if the worst comes soon, this very recording could be our final word to you. And if that's the case, we're sorry we ended with cocaine hippos. Yeah, that's a weird one to go out on. We never got to the spider crabs. But if Providence allows, we hope to be back with you soon for another entry in the Omnibus. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.